98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. Health officials say they're concerned to see daily mortality figures for people with COVID push into double digits. An NGO says the response to two transitional housing projects highlights the demand for housing in the city. And CLP Power offers $20 million worth of vouchers to those affected by last month's power outage. 4,288 new local COVID infections have been reported, along with 220 imported ones. 1,390 COVID patients are currently in hospital care, and 10 more COVID patients aged between 74 and 97 have died. A chief manager at the authority, Gladys Kwan, said she's worried that the daily mortality number has reached double digits, adding that officials are looking at prescribing oral antivirals to more patients. We are still at the moment discussing within our expert group to see whether we can expand either lowering the age or whether they include more high-risk patients. So we are in the process of discussion. So if there's any update, we'll announce to all of you. Under current clinical guidelines, COVID drugs are reserved for certain groups of patients, including those aged 60 or over, people with severe immune deficiencies and unvaccinated high-risk individuals. An NGO that's behind two transitional housing projects in Homantin says the number of applications it's received is almost triple the number of homes available. Lokwan Social Service says that's a stark reminder of Hong Kong's housing shortage. Here's Vanessa Cheng. Lokwan Social Service says it's received 204 applications so far for the Homantin project that will have 76 flats. The application period ends on Friday. The projects are subsidized by the government and are expected to be completed in the third and fourth quarter of this year to accommodate those still waiting for a public housing flat. The NGO's chairman Stan Leeton says the government's main goal should be to provide public flats faster. The average waiting time for a public housing flat is more than six years. Around 200,000 people are queuing for a public flat. It's good for the government to build transitional housings, but the most important thing to solve housing problems is to speed up land development and building flats. The government should try its best to reach its aim of reducing the waiting time to three years. Mr. Ng suggested that the government can renovate old buildings and turn them into transitional flats as it is more efficient than building new ones. Home prices, meanwhile, dropped for a second month in a row in June, falling to their lowest levels since December 2020. The latest government data shows private flats cost 1.1% less last month than they did in May. Compared to June last year, home prices were down 3.4%. But rent snapped an eight-month downward trend, rising almost three-quarters of a percent month on month. Prominent news organizations in the United States are reporting that Donald Trump is being investigated by the Justice Department over his alleged involvement in attempts to overturn the 2020 election. The news broke just hours after the former U.S. president, who denies wrongdoing, made his first speech in Washington since departing the White House. In the address, he once again disputed the election result and suggested his successor, Joe Biden, had tarnished his legacy. Two years ago, we had a country that was highly respected all over the world by other leaders, by other countries, highly respected. Very simply, we had made America great again, and we did it above all by putting America first. 
But now our country has been brought to its knees, literally brought to its knees. And who would have thought this could happen? The American dream is being torn to shreds, and we will not have a country left if this attack on civilization itself is not quickly reversed. And a quick look at the weather forecast for tonight and tomorrow. It'll be fine overnight with a minimum temperature of about 28 degrees. And it'll be very hot and sunny tomorrow with a high of about 34 degrees in urban areas, slightly higher in the new territories. The outlook, we can expect persistently very hot and sunny weather apart from isolated showers for the rest of this week and into early next week. Showers will increase gradually in the middle and latter parts of next week. The very hot weather warning is still in effect. It's 30 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is 73%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The government has responded to the call from a consortium of bus operators, power companies and green groups for a roadmap to phase out Hong Kong's diesel buses, saying it plans to test hydrogen vehicles on two routes by the end of next year. That came from Assistant Director of Environmental Protection, Kenneth Leung, and is slightly ahead of targets set out in last year's Climate Action Plan. Timmy Sung reports. Mr. Lantau and NATHK program, the administration hopes to compare the performance and operational differences of buses powered by hydrogen, electricity and diesel during a one-year trial. The EPD official also welcomed the recommendations put forward by the Zero Emissions Mobility Consortium, saying a timetable for all commercial vehicles to be more environmental friendly will be released by around 2025. If we are to achieve zero emissions by 2050, the last diesel-run commercial vehicles will be sold before 2032. Of course, we hope it could be done sooner. If the testing of the new energy vehicles, especially heavy vehicles, goes smoothly in the next few years, then we will be able to come up with a more aggressive timetable, he said. Mr. Leung said after collecting the data, the government will devise a plan in the hope that all vehicles will be emission-free before 2050. A member of the bus power company, Green Group Consortium, Lawrence Yu, from Civic Exchange, told the same program he hopes the government will start testing hydrogen buses as soon as possible and build supporting infrastructure to facilitate the trial. CLP Power is offering $100 vouchers to residents affected by last month's power outage. The blackout was caused by a cable bridge blaze on the 21st of June. The company says it's spending $20 million on the vouchers, which will be available to people living in Yunlong, Tinshui Wai and Tianmun. It says the aim is to boost economic activities in the area and it plans to start giving out the vouchers in September. The government has been urged to raise the plastic bag levy fourfold instead of doubling it to $1 as it proposed last month. The call came from lawmaker Tony Tse in ahead of the implementation of the first hike in plastic bag charges since they were first introduced in 2009. Maggie Ho reports. The government's proposed 50-cent rise in the plastic bag levy was issued last month, despite a report from its own Council for Sustainable Development in April calling for the charge to be raised to $2. 
That was among a number of recommendations the council made to try to control single-use plastics. Mr. Zhe, who represents the architectural, surveying, planning and landscape sector in Lechko, told an RTHK program that he believes increasing the levy to $2 would be more effective. Of course, as a member of the public, I understand that any increase in expenses will be undesirable. But one should remember that you have a choice. You can choose not to take a plastic bag. You can remind yourself to prepare a bag yourself or not to buy too much so you don't need a bag. Sometimes, when it's convenient and free or cheap, people wouldn't care and would not be so aware. In addition to the price hike, the government also proposed scrapping existing exemptions under which bags are given to customers for free. But Liberal Party lawmaker Xiu Kafai, who represents wholesalers and retailers, told the same program that while he doesn't think a higher plastic bag levy would dampen consumer sentiment, the exemption for frozen or chilled foodstuffs should stay in place. Some goods are wet or cold. A plastic bag is necessary. Say, I buy three cans of drinks or three ice creams at a convenience store I happen to walk past instead of a supermarket. Do I need a plastic bag? If I hold them in my hands instead of a bag, they'll be melted when I hand them over to my friends two blocks away. The government said that in the first year the levy was fully introduced in 2015, the number of plastic bags thrown away dropped by a quarter, but the figure subsequently rebounded in the following years. It aims to implement the higher bag charge at the end of this year. The Hong Kong government has rejected suggestions by the United Nations Human Rights Committee of worsening human rights in the SAR. The committee, the government said it strongly opposes what it called unsubstantiated criticism from the UNHCR. Damon Pang has more. A government spokesman said under the national security law, which was implemented in 2020, Hong Kong protects and respects the human rights of its people as it seeks to safeguard national security. He added that offences under the national security law are clearly defined and similar to those in other jurisdictions, and that enforcement is carried out in accordance with the law. The spokesman also dismissed claims that the national security law undermines judicial independence. He said an independent judiciary is guaranteed by the basic law. The UNHCR has called for the national security law's repeal. It said it was deeply concerned about the overly broad interpretation of and arbitrary application of the law. Chief Executive John Lee says Hong Kong is bound to become more prosperous with the one country, two systems principle as the SAR's foundation. Speaking at the South China Morning Post's China conference, he said he was confident that Hong Kong would be able to overcome any challenges given the talent and resilience of its people. From this array to good governance, Hong Kong is entering a new phase of becoming more prosperous in the next five years. I'm determined that the whole government will be working pragmatically and passionately for Hong Kong and our country, building a future we will all be proud of. The challenges are daunting, but in one country, two systems, and in our East-Meast-West position, as well as the talent and resilience of the people of Hong Kong, I'm confident that we have what we need to accomplish what we must. The ICAC has charged two people with inciting others to cast blank ballots in last year's Legislative Council elections. The pair are accused of sharing a social media post from former Democratic Party legislator Ted Hoy. Timmy Sung has more. The two suspects are 22-year-old So Chen Fong, a former student leader at a Chinese university, and 58-year-old welfare worker Chen Sing. 
They are accused of sharing a social media post from former Democratic Party legislator Ted Hui, who had called on people to cast blank votes in electoral polls. The ICAC says the alleged offences took place between October and December 2021. The pair have been released on bail ahead of their appearance at the West Kowloon Court on Friday for a plea. The former Democratic Party lawmaker and six others are wanted by the anti-graft body for allegedly calling on people to boycott or cut blank votes in the electoral elections. The Turkish Defence Minister has inaugurated a joint coordination centre in Istanbul designed to unblock Ukrainian grain exports to help ease a global food crisis. Representatives from Ukraine and Russia will work alongside others from Turkey and the United Nations, who both helped broker the complex deal. The BBC's Olo Geren is in Istanbul. The key role of this centre is to have four-man inspection teams that will board vessels before they leave Turkish waters to head to Ukraine. And those inspections will be checking to see that there are no weapons on board. Turkey will also be monitoring from this centre to make sure that ships follow an agreed path, a safe corridor, that they do not leave those agreed shipping lanes. And if they do, we've been told that there will be secondary inspections which will be carried out. And of course, there will be further checks taking place at the ports in Ukraine. Japan's Minister for Gender Equality and Children's Issues has called the country's record low birth rate and plunging population a national crisis and blamed indifference and ignorance in the male-dominated Japanese parliament. Seiko Noda described the steadily dwindling number of children born in Japan as an existential threat, saying there won't be enough troops, police or firefighters in coming decades if it continues. She said the number of newborns last year was a record low, 810,000, down from 2.7 million just after the end of the Second the number of female members of lawmakers in the House of Representatives constitute 9.9%, so that's less than 10%. 90% of them don't menstruate, don't get pregnant, cannot breastfeed. But men think that child rearing is not about them. Especially raising children is not their responsibility in Japan. They don't do it themselves and have never done it, so they get reluctant. This has been going on since the end of the war, but the policies were made as if there were no women or children in the first place. Japan underestimates women in many ways. I just want women to be on equal footing with men. But we are not there yet, and the further advancement of women still has to wait. I wonder if we can raise the status of women without much friction. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. Health officials say they're concerned to see the daily mortality figure for people with COVID push into double digits. An NGO says the response to two transitional housing projects highlights the seriousness of the city's housing shortage. And CLP Power offers $20 million worth of vouchers to residents affected by, a last, month, by last month's power outage. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 
reflection in the chrome. I knew that she'd see me, cause she dropped her bikini. The one that I got her. Escape was so urgent. She forgot.